Hello, everybody. An organized crime world that I was in, I remember hearing statements such as, there's honor amongst thieves, treat my family members, I treat myself, do for self, and no ratting, no snitching. We rise together, we fall together. But all those statements are lies. All those statements breed confusion. All of those statements are folly. And all of those statements are deranged. And the reason why I say that is because like you've seen in the television and movies, there was treachery amongst the criminals. Sex worker scandals, sex scandals, adultery scandals, Paternity test DNA scandals. Infighting. Embezzlement amongst each other. Killing each other, beating each other. Killing each other's families, beating each other's families, killing each other's friends, beating each other's friends. Robbing each other. Burglarizing each other, stealing from each other. Sticking each other up at gunpoint and knife point and fist point. And there were financial crimes that they committed amongst each other. And what tore those criminal groups apart were incest scandals, necrophilia scandals, bestiality scandals, pedophilia rings. Raping adults rings. And plotting evil against each other. These are all the forms of betrayals that occurred. There is dishonor amongst thieves. The concept of family does not truly exist in organized crime. Should I say disorganized crime? There's nothing organized about evil. And 
there's no doing for self in the cult of crime. There's no such thing as the golden rule in the world of crime. There's no such thing as the silver rule and the platinum rule in the world of organized crime. Again, I should say disorganized crime. Oh, and what brought down the criminal groups even more? This I can really tell you. Was... Criminals becoming informants, testifying in court, criminal court and civil court against each other. So what Frank Lucas and Nikki Barnes did, I actually saw that happen. I will tell law enforcement for prison sentence reduction. I get out. The rest of y'all have to spend the rest of y'all lives in prison. I've seen that. I've seen them flip where they reported law enforcement. And that's why so many crime bosses and those working with crime bosses and for crime bosses, including members of law enforcement themselves, I've seen them all shoved into police cars, police coming out of nowhere and just arresting people like there's no tomorrow. I've seen organized crime syndicates, disorganized crime syndicates, There's no such thing as orderliness when it comes to pure evil, okay? Let me get back. So I've seen organized crime syndicates. Groups of them hauled off into prisons. And... Some of the crime bosses chose to report on each other and everybody. There was prison reduction for some and the rest had to stay in jail forever. There were crime bosses and those under them that chose not to report to the police and they're still in prison right now. So because they have this foolish no snitching code, this foolish no ratting code, right? That's what happened to them. So there were those working for and under these crime bosses that report on each other, prison sentence reduction, the rest stayed in prison forever, and the ones that chose not to report still stayed in prison to this very day. So Frank Lucas and Nikki Barnes, I've seen what they did many times. I knew people who were just like Frank Lucas and Nikki Barnes. Their their names are are not said, 
Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of Wayne Perry's and Shorty Pops out here that are unnamed. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Not every notorious criminal is plastered over the media like those guys were. So, it's painful for me to say this, but I got to say it. I noticed that when survivors, they don't mind me sharing this, have told me that they were raped by pulpits, especially preachers, pastors, and, you know, first ladies of the church. I I didn't quite understand as a survivor why that resonated with me so much because of the repressed memories and the suppressed memories that happens with being a survivor. Then today, um, I came in my room, came to my room, and I was thinking about that because that's been resonating with me for years, and I know, and I couldn't fully get it because repressed memories, suppressed memories. But the more you heal, the more memories become unsuppressed and unrepressed. So today, I had to admit to myself that some of the traffickers and pimps who raped me sex trafficked me were pastors preachers pulpits first ladies and congregations and congregation memberships of churches Some of the traffickers and pimps that I was raped by were deacons and deaconesses, trustees, church choir members, church leadership, those within ministries. That's what happened to me. Um, as you know, I don't do religious bigotry. I don't do secular bigotry. I don't do religious discrimination. I don't do religious violence. I don't do secular discrimination. I don't do secular violence. I'm just telling you that a, even a um, even a lot of the customer, um, I would say a lot of the customers were pulpiteers, reverends, ministers, pastors, preachers, ushers. church choir and loft members 
church leaders, ministerial leaders, ministerial staff, Uh, evangelists, prophets, apostles, Sunday school teachers, Bible study teachers, And the Reverend Doctors, they were a lot of the customers within the sexual slavery world that would pay money to rape me. They would pay the traffickers and pimps to rape me. I also remember sometimes a guy would clown a woman by threatening her. Profanely with trying to force sex on her, rape culturing, and she resisting his advances. And while he's about to, you know, as he's trying to scream on her, um, I popped out of nowhere with the pistol. And I said, nigga, you say you're going to do what? And he froze. He didn't say a word because he understood any anything else that he was going to say he knew that he had his life potentially on the line and so I remember in those cases and just cases in general involved protecting women I, I told the witnesses make sure he goes nowhere report to the police Surround this guy. Keep all the exits blocked completely off. I told the witnesses that, and then I said, now call 911. Take pictures of him if you have to. They would take pictures. So he gets in the car, the police car, because they came. And I think that guy is still in jail today. And usually the people that stay in jail even today is because they they did dirt before they did that particular dirt. May have done the same dirt or different dirt, but dirt is dirt. 
I remember some of the traffickers and pimps were priests. So I was raped by priests. Some of the customers were nuns, monks. And in these in quotations, faith healers. These people who would speak in tongues and drive out demons, according to their self-description. I do remember that within that world, Most of the sex traffickers and pimps and customers weren't practitioners of any religion. But there were some that obviously were, like I said earlier. I also remember that within that world, getting back to the story I want to finish. So after that guy that's still in prison to this day. Well, how come the witnesses didn't report me or take pictures of me because they loved the idea of misogynists getting brought to justice. And they commended me, gave me kudos for being the only guy willing to bring justice to a woman. You know, when we were cool, we hung out all the time, ate together all the time, kicked, you know, relaxed in her place, her home all the time. I was able to put my gun in my backpack that particular time. Another time was I had a habit of popping out of nowhere, coming out of nowhere, sneak attacks when it came to misogynists. So another time, this guy's muttering to a woman, threatening her life physically. And he's sitting on, and he's just sitting on a bench. And she's on another bench. So I put out my I put out the pistol. I wrapped my hands around his neck. 
holding his neck in place with my one hand and dangling the gun with my other hand. At one point, looks like he's getting squeeze hugged from behind. Because I got him in a chokehold. I got him in a headlock. And I said, I heard you say you was going to try to kill her. And the guy didn't move. He knew that the next steps, if he moved, well, could have cost him his life. So, the witnesses were called, and I made sure the guys didn't move. I made sure that they sat where they were going to be. Plus, they they thought, not only is Antonio acting tough, but that gun makes me have to obey him. So they stayed. And at the same time, they felt this sense of meaning those guys, let's just surrender to the police. Most of them are still in jail to this day. Very few were released. Just telling what my life was like back then. So I, um, those are stories I remember. As for religion, I learned that religion teaches people to ex- to acknowledge life for what it can be. And I say that secularity for me helps me to see people for who they are and what they are, not what I want them to be. So that's just my statement on religion, the fact that they tend to see religion through rose-colored glasses. Why is it that, according to the church, the Bible writers can describe God perfectly, but not any other human? So the ancient humans can do it, but not the modern humans. That's why all of that is nonsensical to me.
instead of the church has become a crack house, get your church hit, your church fixed, both called emotionalism and go leave out. And do the same things you've been doing before. They love to overlook the fact that Jesus is an abuse survivor. Jesus is a trauma survivor. And Jesus is victimization survivor. So the church, without even knowing it, is encouraging people to worship magnifying praise and abuse survivor, trauma survivor, victimization survivor. So that's just how I feel regarding religion. Now I want to talk about um Sex. And what I learned about it is that my sex life is completely free of trauma bonding. My sex life is completely free of cycles of abuse. My sex life is completely free of power imbalance. My sex life is completely free of not being able to leave. My sex life is completely free from making useless excuses for the misbehavior. My sex life is completely free of keeping a abuses secrets my sex life is completely free of wanting to please the abusers my sex life is completely free from distancing from people trying to help my sex life is completely free from worshipping The good old, the good days, and the good old days. My sex life is free of distancing from people trying to help. My sex life is completely free from hoping to change them. My sex life is free from wanting love despite the abuse. My sex life is free of victims developing positive feelings toward the person holding them captive or abusing them. My sex life is free from the victim developing negative 
thoughts toward police authority figures and anyone who might be trying to help them get away from their captor. They may even refuse to cooperate against their captor. My sex life is completely free from the victim beginning to perceive their captors humanity and believe they have the same goals and values. My sex life is completely free from Stockholm Syndrome. My sex life is completely free from loss of self. My sex life is completely free from resigning to control. My sex life is completely free from psychological trauma. My sex life is completely free from systematic elements of trauma. My sex life is completely free from survivor guilt. My sex life is completely free from repressed memories, suppressed memories. My sex life is completely free from hypervigilance. My sex life is completely free from emotional dysregulation. My sex life is completely free from emotional unintelligence. My sex life is completely free from acute stress reactions. My sex life is completely free from the overstimulation of trauma triggers. My sex life is completely free from love, love bombing, gaining trust in a bad way, unhelpful criticism, manipulation, resignation, distress, and unhealthy repetition. My sex life is completely free from the victim who continues to trust the abuser. The abuser gets friends and family on their side. The abuser isolates the victim from friends and family. The abuser controls the victim also known as manipulation or, or gaslighting. The abuser promises they'll change, but they never do. And the, the abuse follows a cycle. Example, the abuser tries to make up for an abusive incident. My sex life is completely free from an abuse victim because the abuse is their fault. A victim doesn't feel comfortable with or able to lead the abuse situation. An abuse victim lies to friends or family about the abuse. An abuse victim covers up and makes excuses to others for an abuser's behavior. Sex life is completely free from trauma bonding and traumatic bonding. My sex life is completely free from when you do try to leave, you feel physically, emotionally distressed. My sex life is completely free from when you say you want to leave, they promise a change break, but make but make no effort to actually do so. My sex life is completely free from you fixate on the good days, using them as proof that they truly care. My sex life is completely free from you make excuses and defend their behavior when others express concern. My sex life... It's completely free from you feel happy, man, not even like your partner any longer, but you still feel unable to end things. 
My sex life is completely free from me. Continue to trust him and hope to change to me. Protected by keeping abusive behavior secret. And that's all the storytelling about my life. That I'll give you, but actually this story will be going. In the streets, I had to be loud, harsh, mean, rude, disrespectful, obnoxious. Possible to deal with because they were wired me that way. Those aren't who I really am. And I knew that at five, these things are not who I am. In closing, I say, justice is my true friend. And I also want to say that Some, even with sex, I've really had to learn. How to be fully humanely sexual. Not being salacious. And um, I'll say this. I love sexual visual arts. I love sex architecture, sex ceramics, sex drawing, sex filmmaking, sex painting, sex photography, sex sculpting, the sexual literary arts, sex fiction, sex drama, sex poetry, and sex prose. I love the sexual performing arts, sexual dance, sexual music, sexual theater. I love sexual cinematography, sexual videography, and sexual filmography, and I love sex comments. C-O-M-E-T-S. I love the sexual arts, sexual creative expression, sexual storytelling, and sexual cultural participation, and sexual multiple diverse and sexual plural modes of thinking. I love sexual arts media. And, um, I would say sex is artful. Sex is clever and skillful. Sex is showing sexual creative skills and sexual creative taste.
And lastly, that I love sexual advertising media, sexual broadcast media, sexual digital media, sexual electronic media, sexual hypermedia, sexual interactive media, sexual mass media, sexual multimedia, sexual new media, sexual news media, sexual print media, sexual published media, sexual recording media, sexual social media, sex communication, communication, because I think that I think that um, that sex is an art form. Because we, as decent people, can usher in sexual fine art. And to all the listeners listening, that's what the fuck I think because I'm on that shit. I love sexual benevolence, sexual kindness, sexual kindheartedness, sexual bigheartedness, sexual goodness, sexual goodwill, sexual benignity. Sexual compassion, sexual consideration, sexual thoughtfulness, sexual decency, sexual public spiritedness, sexual social conscience, sexual charity, sexual charitableness, sexual altruism, sexual humanity, sexual humanitarianism, sexual philanthropism, sexual generosity, sexual magnanimity, sexual magnanimousness, sexual munificence. Sexual unselfishness, sexual open-handedness, sexual free-handedness, sexual largesse, sexual lavishness, sexual liberality, sexual beneficence, sexual you know, sexual almsgiving, sexual bounty, sexual bounteousness, and sexual indulgence. I hate sexual spite. I hate sexual miserliness.